0: All right, welcome back to the listener's commentary on the letter of 1 Peter. In this session, we're going to look at just the introduction and greeting, just the first two verses, because there's a whole lot in this introduction and greeting that sets up the rest of the letter, and there's some important themes that we need to explore here. So we'll look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and it reads like this, Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. This is the way Peter opens his letter here, and it follows the standard way letters began in the Greco-Roman Empire of Peter's day, but it also expands it. The standard opening was the sender, then the recipients, and then the greeting. So in our case, you have the sender, Peter, the recipients, those who are chosen, and they are scattered throughout these various regions, and then the greeting he gives is grace and peace. So Peter... Uh, those who are chosen, grace and peace to you. That's the standard opening. But Peter expands on all of this. So notice when we start with the sender, it says Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. So Peter is the sender of the letter, but it's not exclusively Peter. And we need to note that, that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 12 Peter notes that Silvanus, or Silas, helped him. This is what he says. 1 Peter 5.12 says, Through Silvanus, our faithful brother, for so I regard him, I have written to you briefly. And it seems as if Peter did what was often the case. He dictated a letter, spoke it out loud, and somebody else, in this case Silas, or Silvanus, wrote it down. So Peter is really the mouthpiece for the letter, and, and Silas, presumably helped him write this letter. Who's Peter? Well, we talked about that in our last recording where we gave the backstory to the letter, but just here note that he's one of the the 12 original apostles of Jesus. He was an eyewitness of Jesus from the beginning of Jesus' ministry all the way up through the resurrection and beyond. And he's one of the most well-known characters in the entire New Testament. So if you want to know more about him, check out the backstory recording. But here he notes that he was an apostle. What does the word apostle mean? Well, it means one sent. And that is one commissioned and sent as an official representative of somebody and sent with their authority. Sometimes when we're reading the Bible, especially when we're reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, we can mistakenly think that the word apostle is equivalent to disciple. So the 12 apostles, the 12 disciples, one and the same. But we read the Gospels and, and think, oh, so there's 12 disciples. And all of a sudden, well, no, there's a whole lot more disciples than that. And that's because the word apostle and disciple aren't the same thing. Disciple is the category uh, for anybody who's a follower of Jesus and a learner of Jesus. In his context, it means a learner, a student, a a follower of a rabbi. That's the idea of disciple. So it's the big category. And then the apostles is sort of like the specific subcategory. So there are lots of disciples And then out of that big category of disciples, there were 12 that were chosen to be apostles. Peter is one of the original 12 apostles. And Peter here notes that he's an apostle and he specifies who he's an apostle of, who he's an official representative of. He's an apostle of Jesus Christ, that is Jesus the Messiah, King Jesus the Messiah, has commissioned Peter to be his official representative, and he represents Jesus with Jesus' authority. So that's the sender, Peter, the apostle of Jesus Christ. Who are the recipients of this letter? Well, here's the way it reads in this version. It says, To those who reside as strangers... Scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bethintia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. That's the whole description of the recipients. Um, Virtually every translation changes the word order as this translation has here in order to make the grammar make a little more sense because it's such a long, kind of complicated sentence. But in doing that, maybe they've made the grammar a little more clear, but they've also made it unclear the basic description that Peter actually uses for the recipients. So literally, it reads like this, To those who are chosen. Everything else in this long, complicated sentence modifies and describes that phrase. So, who are the recipients? Well, they are the chosen ones. Um, Peter is writing this letter to a very specific group of people that he refers to as those who are chosen, the chosen ones. And this designation as the chosen people reflects Peter's Jewish background. Uh, The Old Testament uses this same phrase for Israel multiple times, right? Under the Old Covenant, the nation of Israel were God's chosen people. And you can see that all throughout Deuteronomy and even in the Psalms and through the prophets, right? So under the Old Covenant, God's chosen people were found in Israel and in the Torah, in the law. But now that Christ has come, that situation has changed. Now, God's people are now found in Christ. So those in Christ are now the chosen ones or the elect. The word is the same word in Greek. And so that's who Peter writes this letter to. So the basic description here are the chosen ones, the elect. And they are further described as strangers. Strangers. And this particular Greek word, Peter going to use this word and synonyms of this word at several points throughout this letter to express this concept uh, that followers of Jesus are foreigners in their own land. They are foreigners living in the city that they maybe grew up in where they they didn't used to be foreigners, but now because they put their faith in Jesus, they're like outsiders, foreigners living in their own land. You could think, for example, from the Old Testament of Abraham, living as a nomad, a wandering Aramean, as the phrase goes in the Old Testament, in the promised land. That God had promised Abraham this land that was going to be his family land, and yet he never owned a square foot of it. He is a foreigner in the land of promise. Or you could think of the Jews, for example, living as exiles in Babylon. They were out of place. They lived there for decades, but it really wasn't their homeland. And there's an out-of-placeness about uh, who you are and where you live, sort of a cultural misfitness, if you will. Well, that's one of the major themes of First Peter, and Peter introduces that here by describing them as the chosen ones who are strangers. In fact, that word is sometimes translated sojourners. That is, like nomads, like people who, are pilgrims and not settlers. They they know that they are living in a foreign country as kind of resident aliens, outsiders. They they are foreigners in their own land. And so This particular word describes staying for a while in a strange place, a place where you don't really belong. Now, we'll talk more about this idea when it shows up later in the letter, but it's important to not hear staying for a short time on earth, and someday you'll leave it. That's not what Peter has in mind. Um, They are not strangers on earth, per se. No, Peter will tell us in his second letter that were actually meant for Earth, that that's why there will be a new earth. But this current Earth is fallen and its cultures and systems and ways of being and doing life are broken and wrong. And it's that that causes this out of placeness. We don't fit in with the values and the beliefs and some of the culture of the very city that we're living in. And so now we're like foreigners in our own land because, We are a kingdom of God's people, and thus we're strangers because we're chosen as God's people. All right? So that's an important little qualification on this idea of sojourning or being strangers or being foreigners. We are strangers not because we're meant to live in heaven, but because we're living on a fallen earth that God has not completely restored and renewed yet. Now, when it comes to the original recipients of the letter... um, who are strangers, where do these chosen ones and foreigners live? Well, Peter tells us they are scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And these are all Roman provinces in what was then Asia Minor and what is now modern-day Turkey. In fact, these provinces covered a good chunk of modern-day Turkey. Uh, And so if you get out a map, you can find out where each of these regions are if you just Google Asia Minor in the first century, you could begin to get an idea of where these places are. So you could see exactly how big of a region we're talking about. That's where they're scattered all throughout these regions. So we're talking about uh, lots of cities and lots of churches through a very large geographical region that Peter is writing to. How are they chosen? Uh, Well, the phrases that in verse two further describe chosen, and they connect it to the work of the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit are all involved in this choosing. So how are they chosen? How are we chosen? Well, Peter says first, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. So God the Father played a role in our choosing by virtue of his foreknowledge. That is, he planned it this way. He knew ahead of time what he would do, and he knew that In doing that, he would form all these people together as one new family in the Messiah in Christ. In another context, he even mentions that he knew those who would be saved, where this word foreknowledge is used in Romans chapter 8. Now, we need to make sure we don't see this as like causative. Uh, This word is used even of human foreknowledge, which clearly isn't causative. It's not that because you know something ahead of time, you caused it to happen. The emphasis is on that He knew ahead of time what would happen and how he would execute his plan. And so the real emphasis here is on that they belong to God, and that's the way God wanted it to be. God planned it this way, that in Christ they would be his people. So they are chosen, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit. So God the Spirit had a role to play in choosing them as well. So what does it mean that they are chosen by the sanctifying work of the Spirit? Well, specifically, they are set apart uh, as God's holy people by the work of the Spirit who has now come to live in them and work among them. The word sanctifying comes from the same root word as the word holy, which will actually be another important theme in 1 Peter. And the basic idea of holiness is to be set apart or distinct or different. And this word sanctify actually can be used in the New Testament in two different ways. It could be used to describe the process of becoming holy, the process by which we become more and more like Jesus. And Peter will actually use it this way later in chapter 1. This is sometimes referred to as practical holiness or practical sanctification. The other way this word sanctify is used is for the idea of being set apart or consecrated or dedicated to God. This is sometimes called positional sanctification. It means that we are set apart for his use and for his purposes as his people. It could actually be used that way, for for example, for instruments in the temple or the tabernacle in the Old Testament. They were sanctified, not in the sense that they became morally holy, but they were consecrated for God's use, for God's holy purposes. And that's the sense we have here. When it talks about being chosen by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, it means by virtue of the Spirit coming to live in you and among you, he has set you apart as God's holy people. That's what the Spirit has done. We belong to God for his purposes. And what, what are his purposes? What is his purpose? Well, the next phrase summarizes it. Peter says, we were chosen to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. So, we were chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, we were chosen by the sanctifying work of God the Spirit, and we were chosen to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. So, our being chosen comes with an implicit responsibility to live in obedience to Jesus. We were chosen to obey Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the King. And so being sanctified by the Holy Spirit, consecrated, brings with it the responsibility to actually live according to who we are. We are God's people, and now we need to live like it by living in obedience to Jesus the Messiah. And he also says, and be sprinkled with his blood. And this really is just an allusion to the Old Testament. It comes from the idea in the Old Testament where sacred things were purified and dedicated to God and dedicated to God's use by being sprinkled with blood. You can see, for example, in Exodus 24, verses 7 and 8, where the, the people themselves, at sort of the commissioning service, after the Passover, are commissioned as God's people by being sprinkled with blood. Well, that's the idea here. We have been purified and set apart for sacred purposes as God's chosen people. And again, don't miss the fact that this involves the Father, the Spirit, and the Son, the three in one. In fact, it's passages like this that led the early church to state what we now call the doctrine of the Trinity, because these three persons all act together as one in the work of salvation, and thus one God in three persons, Father, Spirit, Son. And here, in the introduction to 1 Peter, these three are all involved in choosing and setting apart them, and us as God's holy people. So, that's the recipients, all right? So, you have Peter, the sender, the recipients, the chosen ones in Asia Minor, and next you get the greeting. And What is the greeting here in 1 Peter chapter 1? Well, it's, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Typically, in a Greco-Roman letter at this point, you would just get greetings, and the Greek word for greetings is chirine. Well, the word grace is sort of a Christian adaptation of that word for greetings. The word for grace is charis, greetings, chirine. They're very similar. In fact, they, in some regards, come from the same root word. So the Christians took the word for greetings, "kyrine," replaced it with the word for grace, charis, grace to you. And then you have, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Well, the standard Jewish greeting was shalom, which is often translated peace. So, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Now, both here expressed almost as a prayer. May God's grace and God's shalom be multiplied to you abundantly. And that's how Peter opens his letter. Now, this is just the intro and the greeting, but it's jam-packed with key themes that Peter will develop as he goes along. And as we study this letter, what we need to be sure of from the very outset is how we think about ourselves as followers of Jesus, whether we call ourselves Christians, whether we call ourselves disciples or followers of Jesus or the church, what we need to think of is as ourselves, as God's chosen people. That's who we are and we are distinct and different from the world around us. We're meant to be distinct and different from the world around us. We feel out of place because we are out of place. We belong to a different realm, a different kingdom, and that kingdom has different values, different aims, different ways of being and ways of doing life. So our identity isn't first, I'm an American, or I'm a I'm British, or I'm Australian, or I'm South African, or I'm Filipino, or whatever it is, our identity is first and foremost, I'm part of God's kingdom. I'm part of God's chosen people, and I am set apart for him and his purposes to obey his son, Jesus Christ. So as we study this letter, we need to be sure of right from the get-go that we think of ourselves differently. We're God's chosen people set apart for his purposes.